What up, chat? And welcome to episode. It's no longer D and D University, because for at least this episode, we're gonna be called Dirty Mike and the Boys. Because, because apparently that's what everything's called when you have a guest star who has a PhD in D&D, Dr. Diz, right up top. Diz, do you have anywhere that you want people to follow you? Mm, not currently, no. Not, not currently? You can, go, you, you can come watch our uh, D&D campaign on Nerdicopia on Mixer. Nerdicopia Network. Yeah. Also streamed live on its set sly guy next to dr diz uh we have the man who truly this entire episode of the podcast is gonna be about uh clan diesel what a guy who puts a puts a little evil into every campaign just for flavor just for flavor clan where you want everybody to follow you at i want everybody to follow me everywhere and it's just you can, what, you can what is follow it? me on Clint Diesel here on Mixer. You can follow me at Clint Diesel on Twitter. You can follow me on at Clint Diesel Streams on Facebook and at Clint Diesel on Instagram and at Clint Diesel at fansonly.com. He's actually got a fans only so he can follow Malnox. That's Ooh, true. It happens. pays for my Malnox subscription. To be sitting right next to me, right here, the legend, the leader of the dojo. You can call him Senpai, but we like to call him Malnox. Where can everybody follow you? Mixer.com slash Malnox. Malnox on everything except Twitter where it's Malnox TV. And I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I want to talk about something right now before we get started. Speaking of Malnox, um, I want to know... When you're going to teach me how to do a uh, a Kamehameha blast? Um, <clears throat> well, are you going to be at Pack South next year? I'm going to try my damnedest. <laughs> yes. I was about to say, actually. <laughs> so let's go. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first, folks. Pack South 2021. So. Before, before we actually get going with the second of our three-part ode to Clint Eastwood. Part four of our 837-part series. Getting to know your alignments. It could, it could so be there. Before we get started with our second of our three-part Clint Eastwood series. Uh, we had something special happen last Friday, boys. What happened? Uh, what what happened? Is there a little D and D campaign? Oh yeah. The, not not two days ago, last Friday. I don't remember. <laughs> don't I remember. There. I was there. We're Quick, there. I, are you sure? I remember. Ah. Uh, what was that? I had a flash. I moved my mic to make hey, sure it was out of the screen to and the it flashed squad. something else. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, 
What'd y'all think? Episode zero. Not really going to be found anywhere but live stream. Yeah. Because of some technical difficulties. <laughs> but what, what did you three think? Podcast. I enjoyed it. I thought yeah. it was fun. I like playing my uh, large robotic uh, character. Heck yeah. Yeah. I think the voice I chose makes my character sound like he smokes about five cartons a day. <laughs> Can I just but, say? You know, that's what we're going to go with. Malnox. Yeah. Or a new D&D player. Great job, first of all. Thank you. Second of all, your voice was outstanding. Thank you. But I need you to remind me to do something right before every D&D. Okay. I need you to remind me to turn you up. Okay. Because where I could hear you fine, chat had problems hearing you at times. Yeah, uh, chat. Come my up. chat says they can't hear y'all at all right now, but I have my desktop audio set to 100%. So I'm what trying about to look into in, that while we do this right now. What about? I also in, want to say yeah. kudos to Malnox for picking the uh, Irish accent he went with for the tiefling, which I did not expect at all. Because every tiefling is Russian. It's every it's, tiefling I've ever seen or heard is Russian. The I Irish was I was, such... I was first. Everyone copied me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. <clears throat> Who came first? All right, Agminos or Joker? Agminos. Uh, Joker's been around forever. <laughs> We uh, started our campaign before they started their their second campaign. Yeah, but that's Jester. Well, Jester, whatever her name is. <laughs> so. I'm just saying Laura Bailey copied me, but that's fine. She, she probably did. She heard about this up-and-coming voice actor. Hey, uh, listen uh, here. So. I'll just allow it to post anything about this video online, then apparently it's true. Isn't it? Then it's true, yeah. yeah. She has one hour from the time it's posted to comment. <laughs> Otherwise, it's true. Hey, uh, there you go. So, <laughs> with that, before we get, you know, blacklisted out of everything D&D, &D, uh, <laughs> because you pissed off the goddess herself. Yeah. Tune in uh, next week when we start Pathfinder. <laughs> <laughs> before, before you piss off the goddess uh, of everybody's d <laughs> we we going into I think out of alignments it's the hardest for me to talk about but for some of us it's going to be the easiest uh, we're, we're going into evil we've got the good, the bad, the ugly we've got the three part series but this part is evil the bad plan? yes you play an evil character. Where? In okay, if you're not evil in alignment, you're pretty close to swinging there on most campaigns. That's not <laughs> true. You're a you're a demon lord in one campaign. <laughs> I am not. Hold on, DM's ruling since we have the DM of that campaign here is Akminos a demon lord? Or just a tiefling with a heart of gold? Somewhere in the middle. 
There you go. In the middle. Closer to Demon Lord. Uh, <laughs> give us a little, just a little snidbit on evil in general and the, how they can play into a campaign. Even if it just is a evil leaning or tendency, how they can play into a campaign of the. Sure, put me on the spot. Uh, evil characters are a have to. They're part of the bread and butter of D and D, right? You're gonna have your good player characters most of the time. You're gonna have to have them go up against something, which is normally evil. Be it a evil overlord, a Draco lich, or an undead army. So, uh, evil though is freeing in a sense for somebody that is that can be playing the character or for the dm themselves you can have a lot of fun with an evil character because they don't have to be outright just you know murderous evil you know there's no good in them at all but they can add like i said earlier they can add flavor to a campaign you know you may meet a character in a tavern they may join your party be with you for weeks or months at a time only to find out when the moment's right they're evil they're there to kill you but they turned into your party's best friend so then what do you do one of your players may secretly roll an evil character and then the dm allow it then what happens it really doesn't pose a problem until you introduce a character that is solely lawful evil, like a, a lawful evil cleric or a lawful evil paladin. And then it becomes like kill on sight. This was a very famous thing that happened back in the day with uh, old D&D computer games uh, like Baldur's Gate, where you could actually recruit two characters into your party. Keep them in your party for hours and later on find out they're evil. Their whole plan was to meet you and kill you. Uh, so, you know, it's fun. And like I said, the DM can have a lot of fun with it. They can play along. They can just poke and prod and laugh and cut up with the party, putting them in bad situations, <clears throat> bad situations, and bad situations. Yeah. So, I mean, for Perfect. me, it, it's just fun. Perfect example of something you said. Everybody in D&D, whether they love the show or not, Everybody in D&D world now knows of this because it's actually canon inside of D&D. They've written it into the books. Joe Maginelli, is that how you say his last name? The actor? Maginello. Maginello. Mm -hmm. Being the evil paladin, the Oathbreaker, yeah. creating friendship with the crew of Critical Role, uh -huh. working together towards something, and then cutting off his own hand and stealing the hand. Yep. Right out from under. Like, that's now canon inside of D&D, &D, where you took an evil, they took an evil character, built them into the party for a little bit, let them become friends, work towards a common good, a common goal, and then he screwed everybody else. Right. Well, uh, I can give you another example that's canon uh, in D&D. Uh, &D. Uh, if you... If anybody's ever read the novels, the, uh, it's set in the Dragonlance setting. There is a character named Kitty Ara, 
And she starts out being the half-sister of two of the main characters and the love interest of another one, Tannis Half-Elven. Well, they go along and have their first adventure, then she disappears. She's later introduced in the books. She comes back as one of as the Blue Dragon High Lord, which they're evil. They worship the evil god Tekesis. They're an evil army bent on world domination. So what happens there? She starts out neutral moves into evil another idea of alignment being fluid mm -hmm. so i was gonna say also if anyone is uh <clears throat> uh seen campaign one of critical role you know to uh to a lesser extent because uh, you know it was always kind of uh um i don't know it's a very great area as to where is alignment actually but uh clorota in the first uh campaign as well yeah. uh, came in kind of was you know getting himself within the party working with them not necessarily being like buddy buddy with them but you know working with them uh common common goal yeah exactly till he flipped in the end so yeah that's a good one so evil is always perspective so yeah you know, uh eat good and evil it really depends on you know whose eyes you're looking through so yeah mm -hmm. Oh, villain thinks they're the bad guy of the, except for someone we'll talk about later. Well, it being President's Day is a good example, right? It's like you have George Washington. George Washington to us, he's a hero for for independence against the evil tyranny of Britain <clears throat> and King George the Third. To Britain and the UK, he's a traitor. Yep. True. Who rebelled against their just and mighty rule? Yep. <laughs> so it's it's all it's all in perception. It's on which side of history that you're on, or which side of the battle that you're on. One person's hero is another person's villain. Yep. So for those of y'all that missed the first half or the first third of this series, uh, we have some some quick points on each. Uh, and then we're going to talk about, you know, how what do they look like and how, how do you play them as a character or as a DM. Now we get the professional <laughs> who can help me bring in on some of this stuff. So first, lawful evil. Who's got who's got the title? What what is the you walk away with nothing else? This caption. What you got to think of when you think lawful evil. Got it. So you want an example or you want what it actually kind of means? Um, um, so if you want what it really kind of means is um, an evil character would be a selfish, you know, self-centered person, but the way they go about it, uh, they use law, order, strict structure to uh, achieve their goals um, sometimes it's an you know an order that they're a part of or sometimes it is a system that they develop themselves so mm -hmm. yeah so, so so in the in the notes i have i have a title it's the overlord overlord which i think fits perfectly because like you said it's it's this person who's typically Typically, so there's always the you know 
the outliers. Typically, they're of some sort of higher standard in civilization. They like to use their their place in society to help help them do their bidding. Uh, yeah, the overlord. And I threw an example out there to y'all, and we had a we had a little bit of a debate before we got ready to start. The example I threw out there was Palpatine. Palpatine has a place in society. He's given his his position of power, and he uses it to do his evil bidding with the government's backing. Right? He's got this law on his side. He's trying to bring order to the galaxy, to the universe. Mm-hmm. So Palpatine is my lawful evil. Uh, now there's some other really good ones that Clan has thrown out and did or not, and we've had some discussion that Palpatine may not be perfect at lawful evil, but again, nobody's perfect at any of the alliances. We can see yeah. where people fluctuate. What do y'all think? Is there any other good examples that y'all think of lawful evil? The one I threw out earlier was like Lex Luthor. You know how we use Superman in the good example. Lex Luthor is a prime example of evil. I mean, nobody says, okay, Lex Luthor is not evil. He totally is. But he uses laws and his image his charisma to get what he wants which what he wants is world or universal domination he thinks no one is smart enough to rule the world correctly except for him everybody would be better off if he was in charge so then that's what he does he uses his power his influence in order to get that goal mm-hmm. uh I have an example from uh, uh, the Harry Potter world, and the one I think of when I think of lawful evil is uh, Dolores Umbridge. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, she, you know, uses the the backing of the Ministry to do, you know, you know, to to further her agenda. Uh, Hey, you know, and and have it welcome under the, to the slice squad you know, the guys of of law and order when uh you know that's not exactly you know she uses the law and uses that as you know uh excuses to use you know the unforgivable curses like the cruciatus curse and everything else saying that you know she's mm-hmm. doing it in the name of the ministry yeah it's her it's you her know. justification mm-hmm. the the ends you know it's almost a it's hard it this stay with me mm-hmm. it's almost the same as when we were talking about chaotic good right mm-hmm. in the but in the opposite effects right so the chaotic good character says i'm coming up to like i'm doing it for the betterment so the end justifies the means yeah Whereas your example of lawful evil says, I'm doing it to keep the law. So even though it may be bad means of keeping the law, the end justifies the means because I'm keeping the law. Yeah. So it's almost that say, that dichotomy of them being opposite. They're still very similar. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> kind of, a, um, kind of a, a lesser example. I can think of all kinds of examples, you know, similar to authoritarians you know having power and kind of using from the top down but you know it could be as simple as like 
a guard. They they're they're upholding a law, but they might be corrupt and uh, they might have their own agenda to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be a simple character like that in your campaign. Definitely. So now for the fun part. How does this work in campaign? As a player, how do you play it? How do you interact with it if you're not that character, but you're around that character? And then Diz, we can talk about from a DM standpoint, how do you use it against the player characters? Or how do you mold it into the player characters? Well, um, if you want to start with um, the bad guy himself, you know, um, a lot of times the lawful evil will um, will have a grand scheme a lot of times. Um, something, they'll play the long game a lot of times, and uh, especially if you're talking about the big bad of a campaign, you'll see them pop in and out throughout the campaign. And, you know, they might show up as a friend at some point and at some, then, you know, work their way into the group, gain favor, and then you wait for that one moment and you just drop that bomb on the party. And usually you get a lot of dropped, you know, mouse. So, mm-hmm. so that's how I usually like to play lawful evil, like grand scheme type of things. But you can play them as like little lesser uh, bad guys, like... Like I was saying, like the guard could be a simpler, you know, motive behind that. It doesn't have to be the big bad. So, I think a lot of the nine hells in general is kind of based off of that lawful evil. It's a lawful evil system. I mean, it's a you know, it's it's the hierarchy of the devils, and they are evil by nature, but they uphold it through you know that strict lawful hierarchy so i think like Mm -hmm. anytime that you're you know interacting with even you know lesser day like imps and even things like that you know there's still that that aspect of like this is a a lawful evil being and that it's evil but it comes from this uh a very structured um environment very structured like class system it, um, right. The way, the way they interact within that and exist within that's interesting. And I think that's a big thing that separates lawful evil from any other kind of evil, right? Lawful evil is very structured. They believe in a lawful structure. Uh, and not to go back to Silver Point, but the in a, in a video game reference, the biggest one, the biggest example I can think of of lawful evil is, uh, and Diz is going to get this. Yeah, in Final Fantasy IV, you fight one of the fiends of evil, which is four fiends of elements, which is Rubicant. Before the battle starts, like you're beat up bad. You haven't had to heal, haven't had to save in a while. I mean, you're if you don't win, you're in bad shape. He heals you completely before the battle starts and tells you that that's not how he plays. He wants to fight you at your best. You know, and that's kind of like the lawful evil, like a dark paladin. Dark paladin, yeah, they, they're going to attack you. And if their god says they're going to kill you, they're going to kill you. But they're not going to stab you in the back or jump out you from the shadows. They're going to meet you head on and say, I'm here to do this. Let me know when you're ready to start the, the, the battle. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what separates them from, the, from neutral evil and especially chaotic evil. They're honorable. 
they may be evil, but they believe in a code of honor and a code of conduct. Mm. And they will not sacrifice that no matter what. So an example that I used last time that I think from a DM standpoint works really well. Uh, we talked about chaotic good being Robin Hood. Sheriff of Nottingham, lawful evil. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. interesting, interesting dichotomy of the sheriff is actually the leader in this government system, right? Now, if you have someone in that scheme kind of set up, you have a party that maybe the truest of good characters who are always kind of having to look over their shoulders when they're in a certain town or a certain area, or maybe they just have to avoid that area, or, you know, they have to come through there in a, a more strategic mindset because they've, right. they've put themselves in a place where they're just trying to do good. They're just trying to help, but they're, even their smallest acts of goodness are going directly against the Sheriff of Nottingham character, yeah. right, who, who's reaching out and trying to do his own thing with his power and authority, uh, which is my favorite example. Uh, I have my own ties and love of Robin Hood, but Nottingham is my favorite example. Uh, the, the lawful evil character <clears throat> but we so we've talked about a lot of like dming and how they can exist in the world how do you coexist inside of potentially the same party i feel like evil characters in general in a party are hard to coexist with just because i mean so many I feel like you take a lot of the evil alignments and a lot of those evil alignments are in, you know, direct opposition of the good alignments. Like you were talking about earlier, you know, lawful evil and chaotic good are, you know, direct opposite of each other. You know, they're, yeah. they are going to be, so if you have a chaotic good character and a lawful evil character, I mean, they're going to be constantly butting heads and constantly in opposition, um, which I think is where the alignment system is is interesting that it's you know it's it's difficult you you know it would be so difficult to have a party of nine pcs that were each of the alignments because the only way that i can see it working is you either have a party made up of evil characters Mm -hmm. you have a party made up of true neutral or chaotic neutral characters Mm -hmm. or you make a lawful good party but they've swore an oath that involves them either helping that lawful evil character or protecting that lawful evil character to a certain point i'm gonna throw a curveball out there so the good characters usually have to do good things right Mm -hmm. right they can't go up and just murder somebody yeah it's not uh, then the DM's going to strike them down and say, well, now you're neutral. You know, yeah. But an evil character, there's nothing locking them in to say that they can't do a good action. You know, if their ultimate goal is to do evil in the end, you know, there's nothing restricting them 
They're like if doing the good action allows them later on to do the evil action they were there to do anyway. So they can deceive you while a good character will have a harder time deceiving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yep. Also, I think you get a little bit into the... We we talked about last time with the paladin and the rogue. The dichotomy Mm -hmm. of those two characters. The rogue's trying to steal stuff and the paladin's slapping hands every five seconds. Mm-hmm. Like you get into like confrontation inside of the party is not necessarily a bad thing as long as it's done right. A hundred percent. I mean, the the good role playing comes out of confrontations in the party. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, listen here. Throw another example Thanks out there for at that you. Sly guy host. This character, and this is the one that we've we've talked around a lot but put a lawful evil character in the party and say you know there is this ultimate goal that for some reason right there a lawful god is not gonna like a even a chaotic evil god is attempting to reemerge into the the material plane the the normal plane of existence right it's trying to find its way back in. Even a lawful god opposes chaos. Right? Even if that lawful evil. So that lawful evil character may come into the party because of the greater good. Right? The mm-hmm. the rest of the party looks at him and says, okay, you're evil, but you may be one of the only chances we have of actually stopping this. Mm-hmm. Right? So there, there are ways that the evil character gets in the party and you have to be able to work it out. Yeah. Right? So th- you know that they're going to betray you, but you still need them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so, and I think that works out really well for a lawful evil. I think you'll see as we progress down the evil trail that that gets harder and harder as you go through. To be able to say, okay, chaotic evil thrown into a party might not work unless they're all evil to some extent. Um, but with that, the other way you can do it, talked about a little bit, having an all evil party. Mm-hmm. I will throw out there if you're a DM and you're throwing an all evil campaign. Maybe not devote yourself to a long-term campaign. <laughs> Make it planned for a shorter campaign and then see where it goes. Because if you're running an all-evil party, likelihoods of party members turning and killing other party members kind of go up. <laughs> it's it could just... happen. I mean, most stories, you know, in D&D and most DMs tell stories where, you know, good triumphs over evil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that that's fine. There are stories on the evil side that you can tell, even the same, you know, in the same sense, but up until the point where evil is destroyed or evil mm-hmm. is, you know, put away for now or whatever. You know, there are stories there. Or what happens to, let's say, Joe, the camp guard, who is with the evil army, but he survived? what does he do now? (laughs) You know, that aftermath, what happens in that power vacuum when the evil army is gone? 
uh, then you just there. there looking for work. Then you get the Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, so just, <laughs> but yeah. So there, there is that side of it, which I wish we saw more of. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm talented enough as a DM to write those stories yet. <laughs> but I do wish we saw more of that side of things because it's an intriguing story arc. You you don't often get a look at the darker side of things. Uh what's happening on that that realm. But with that good spot to move into uh, the next one. Neutral character. I actually don't remember what title. Oh, I do remember what title. The villain. The villain. So, there was some debate. person I gave as an example, Diz made an argument, a pretty good argument, for him potentially being lawful evil. But the person I gave as an example for the villain was Voldemort. I think that example fits in the sense that he did whatever he needed to do to survive, regardless of what it was. It wasn't it there for the time when he, so the time when he's, when he's whole, when he's intact, when he's in power, I can definitely see the argument for lawful evil, but I feel like when, like after he loses his power and when he's fighting to come back, it's his, his only, purpose is survival and it's just survival of of doing absolutely anything however ruthless that may be that he needs to do to continue surviving and i think that is um uh, indicative of neutral evil i mean like like him or like um if you had uh a hired killer or someone like that they do what they need to to survive regardless of yeah, it is. So, Clan gave us another really good definition of neutral evil, and probably the best idea of who is a neutral evil that I've ever heard. Clan, you want to give us that again? I will. The uh, the definition that I gave here—that's what I thought was a good one—is that new evil characters are as evil as society will let them get away with. And the perfect example that they used um, is Scar from The Lion King. Scar, at any point in that movie, is only as bad as Mufasa and the rest of the tribe will let him be. When Mufasa's around, he's very tame and docile he just runs his mouth that's all he is that's all he is when he's away from everybody and he gets to kill mufasa mm-hmm. and usurp that king role then he does what he wants to he destroys everything why because they let him nobody stands up to him they just let him until simba comes back in the end and puts him in his place Spoiler alert. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> if, you, if you've not watched The Lion King, 
Sorry, there's a lot you need to catch up on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put in the description of this video too. Uh, Please watch the live king. Alert. Yeah. Just, um, just so everybody's yeah, I mean, aware. I don't... Yeah. Nah. And I, I think that's a perfect example. No one says Scar is not evil. But at any one time, he's only as evil as they let him be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, For sure. The more I think about it, the more mind-boggling it is how good of an example Scar is. Mm-hmm. I mean, think when you think of villains, Scar is a good villain. Great. Lion King was that, my favorite movie growing up. That's what works out when that movie so well. I mean, Scar really is probably the best part of that movie. Because he is the perfect villain. He doesn't operate under any laws. But he's also not insanely crazy. Yeah. So. He just wants to be in charge. To this, to that idea, how do you play it? Hey, listen here. How do you interact with Thanks it? for that sly guy host. I don't know. It's hard to say how would you play a character that's evil or neutral evil because more 99% of the time it's the DM that's going to be playing that character. That character is an NPC that you're going to meet in the journey. Um, you know, getting back to okay, they're they're the traditional villain. They'll they'll only as evil as you give them the leeway to be. Mm-hmm. So you know they're going to be the one that is like, you know, they come in, burn the place down. They're like, "Ha! I'm going to burn another town." The party comes in, stops them. They're like, "Ah, shit." So you're you're saying Scooby Doo, man? So. Yes, they're the villain of the they're the villain of the week. Is what they are Darn in the traditional shit. TV trope. They are the villain of the week. So let me give you another idea. They're not the arch villain. They're the they're the secondary villain. Give you another idea. Okay. This could also be talked about. Lawful evil could play its part with the handshake agreement. This could also be a very va- viable player character. From the concept of you, a meeker, probably a little bit weaker, you know, more on the small side, probably a some sort. Still, this is that's using the party for protection, and he tries he he tries to step out and do evil things, and the party goes, no, he recluses back steps right. back in line. Mm-hmm. I do have tried... an example of a player character like this. <laughs> yeah. Who is is uh, Charlie's character who is a person we play with in, a, in another campaign uh, uh, in the last night's campaign. Charlie's character was there, saw nobody was paying attention to him, killed an acolyte in the temple. That's what a neutral evil character would do. I'm going to be good as long as they're watching me. The minute they're not watching me, though, and I feel it, I want to kill that guy. I'm going to kill that guy. I think another one that he is in no way, shape, or form neutral evil. <laughs> but I think he has tendencies that he has slide, neutral evil tendencies that slide this way. Aquarian. 
Aquarian has a lot of maybe it's the barbarian rage inside of him, but he has a lot of moments where he's like out of nowhere, nothing's going on. He's like, oh, so we kill these guys now? <laughs> and it's like, no. No, we don't. Should I beat him up a little bit? And like, we haven't even progressed to where that's a viable thing yet. So I do think he has a little bit, of, but I think that's him playing a... He's chaotic neutral with <laughs> neutral evil tendency. 100%. 100%. <laughs> And there was that whole Akminos killing a guy that was already down on the stone, just right to that the was that was alternate Akminos. That was an Akminos from another dimension. Uh, yeah. So I think there are those. There are people who fall into a blind. There are players who fall into a blind. We haven't had combat in a while. I want to kill something. Mm-hmm. neutral evil slides and then there are players who intentionally fall into that neutral evil like what can I get away of the party slapping my mm-hmm. uh, right so I think that is another viable if you're gonna work an evil character into a campaign got good characters that's a viable option but I think you mm-hmm. have to frame it in a way that it makes sense for the evil character to be doing like that idea of a, a weaker, more reclusive is the word that keeps coming to my head, but it's not a good word for it. But that meek, like kind of in need of a protector. They want to do bad things, but they don't want to get caught doing bad yeah. things. And they don't want to get beat up. They want they want that paladin that'll step between them and the guy that's coming to beat them up. A more uh, yeah, recent exactly. example. Um, if anybody watches Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. Littlefinger. Yeah. He he likes to play the game, and that seems to be what the neutral evil does. They play the game. It's Loki. Loki. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. a good Loki. One. Loki is neutral evil. Mm-hmm. So so Diz, how would you put this against the players? How would you talked? We've talked yeah, a little bit. We talked a little bit with the good. I don't know you. You weren't on the podcast for that. Talked about a little bit with the good about how you can use the lawful goods character and his his act like his actual character, his right standing against him, make him promise to not hurt you. He's a lawful good paladin. Sword. Uh, mm-hmm. How how do you use this neutral e to kind of play with the character? One good example um, would be, you know, your your bad guys don't always have to be, you know, uh, big bad or completely mm-hmm. evil. You know, um, a good example that I would like to throw in is probably somebody who is almost comical in a way. Like they keep trying to do bad things, but you guys keep catching them and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry, I won't do this again. And then later you catch them again doing the exact same thing. Um, just <laughs> reoccurrence of this, you know, just for comic relief, you know, because it's good to have a laugh. How far mm-hmm. into campaign two? Uh, I'm not even sure, like 
fifty, I think. Or they've they've got a set of characters that they met early on. Yeah. They've got a set like a group of guys that they met as bandits oh, that they yeah. let go that are that reoccurring like every once in a while Mercer will throw something at them and check it out and it'll be those guys doing something again and that's like yeah. I shoot them in the leg just for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know about them, but I mean that is it is uh, just a good trick to have in the bag just to throw it out there because it. You know, it kind of detaches because the party will get dialed in on the main storyline sometimes yeah. and get real serious. And, you know, just some, it's good for the DM to have a little fun too, to throw a little curveball in there. Yeah. I, yeah. I like it. Anybody got any last words on neutral evil? We move on to probably the fun one. No, let's hop right in. The most iconic <laughs> evil character. The. The chaotic evil. The title. Psychopath. The greatest example. Probably the greatest example of any one character holding true to my opinion. Who is our chaotic evil? The Joker. Joker. That's almost all you have to say. We could almost just shut off the podcast, but we won't. Yeah. The I mean, Joker. The Joker just wants to watch the world burn. Mm-hmm. That's all That's it is. It. Nothing personal. He just wants it all to burn. He know the Joker's probably spectrum that mentally is guy yeah he knows he's doing bad he, but he doesn't have a problem with it he yeah. is 100 percent like oh no i'm the bad guy in this story i'm well aware of it but every good guy needs a good bad guy so i'm gonna be right. that <laughs> right. he is the you know the antithesis of batman batman is like you know the chaotic good Joker is chaotic evil. They are you know, positive and negative. Anytime they meet, there's an explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know that I'm going to say how do you interact with this as a player character. Because unless you're in an all-evil campaign, I don't think... Like, if y'all have an idea of how this can work out, throw it out there. I don't see an, uh, a world where a truly chaotic evil character works into a player party that's made up of... No, I mean, this... No. Normally, you're chaotic. If you encounter a chaotic evil character, it's an NPC. It's your big bad of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Or at least that part of the campaign. I mean, that's the, the person you're there to destroy. The only example I can think of is if you... If you because you have to think of these as storylines, right? They're, they're yeah. narratives. And there's always a beginning and an end to a narrative. So if you experience a chaotic evil character, you know, at, at their origin, they may not be as extreme at that point. And you might mistake them as something else. But that would probably be about the extent of what I could think of. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, unless, you know, for whatever reason, the, you know, the party encounters uh, this sort of character and, you know, needs to, you know, I don't, I don't know, bring them, bring them, maybe they're trying to bring them uh, uh, into the authorities or, or something like that. And at which point they're with the party by force. And I guess there would be, you know, the interaction there in a non, and not necessarily a, a confident, like a, an actual like combative way. There'd be yeah. that kind of interaction, but like, unless they're like transporting them as a prisoner or some way have coerced them or, or have been coerced by them. Mm -hmm. um, I can't really think of a way that they would, you know, willingly uh, be working with this person so, or this person would willingly be working with them. So I, I thought of an idea as right. we're talking. Right on. This is D&D. &D. Yes. Magic shit. Violence. Magic shit violence. happens. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Main dungeons. Ooh. Frog with Craven it. Got, or there are magic items that just drop you to, you know, if you're neutral, it drops you to evil. If good, it drops. So what if it's a player character who you've grown with? You've been, I mean, in our campaign, we're over three years now, mm -hmm. right? What if right. one of the characters that have been there for over three years with us all of a sudden has some sort of magic item that pulls him to that? That that's the only true way I see you interacting with a player character. Chaotic evil. But how do you gives interact his soul with to a demon overlord to save his friends? Or gives his soul to a demon overlord. It's true. Yep. Could be Akmino. Because if they're your friend <laughs> and they go into the state of insanity, you know, murder's rage or whatever, then you then there's a quest line probably to undo this if, if mm -hmm. it's yeah. or if you're a badass cleric you just create a restoration restoration and cut the tie magic item in person you know they've actually got some spells i think they've updated dnd beyond um uh, that address alignment shifts so something to check out. so well, i mean you always hear that uh, you know that magic item that's like oh you kind of awesome sword and you go to sleep with it and you know it's there in your bottom bag and all of a sudden it's there and now you dream and it's you dream of your sword and your sword is there and it's going kill your friends mm -hmm. i've had that sword you know i mean it told me to kill you right or what happens you know you do that and then you the dm's like okay you have to roll you make a bad roll mm -hmm. kill you try to kill your friends our DM was nicer. He let me role play it out, talking to the sword. <laughs> then somebody overheard me talking to the sword. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Uh, so in that in that same vein, and Diz, like what you were, there was uh, some things that address alignment. I was just looking through because I remembered um, last campaign when I leveled up and I was looking mm -hmm. through the spells. Uh, there's a paladin spell. It's a ceremony, and then one of the um, effects you know you you choose one of the rights and one of the rights is called atonement 
And it says you touch one willing creature whose alignment has changed on a successful insight check. Uh, you restore the target to its original alignment. So, you know, if you can see like a hey, something's something's not right here, like you touch that thing and, and something happened to them, you you know, pass that insight check, you can restore their alignment. I like it. I I like it personally because we have a paladin inside of the campaign. Touch is first. Oh, I I legitimately think I've grabbed like that campaign what twelve things that were magical and of that twelve two of them were not cursed. Because <laughs> the DM, I would always have fun with a spell like that. I wouldn't just let the spell just occur. I would you know make make them role play it out and you know get to a state of you know and then have the rolls on top of that to see you know, uh, to make it all work. You know, it wouldn't just be like, you know, snap your fingers and it happens, you know, because so. mm -hmm. that's less fun. So. Yeah. <coughs> I will say I like the role-playing aspect of that, but at the same time, so it doesn't contradict that, but this is something that I've been in campaign for. There's, a, there's these big moments and you've got to know your players and know who you're at, who you're at the table with. But there's these big moments. I'm in a campaign where run into this humanoid who's been cursed, and he tells us that we've got to get him to this to some sort of great wizard that can break the curse, right? Mm -hmm. And our cleric, who is the shyest person at the table who never role plays, who doesn't really understand a lot of what's going on, mm -hmm. our cleric, for some reason, it triggers with him. And he goes, I have removed this. I want to try this. And he walks up and he role plays, like, for the first time, we get to see him role play this interaction with this person that we found that's cursed. And he casts remove curse. And the DM's like, doesn't work. And then at the end of the can at the end of the session, straight up told the rest of the told the table that they needed to get to a wizard that had removed curse. And I'm like, let your player have that moment then. That's all that needed to be cast. Like this is the shyest guy who has the hardest time role playing and he breaks out of his shell for one moment. Let him have that moment. Super powerful. Yeah, this is my time. And be like, you know what? You you had the right spell prepared at the right time and thought yeah. of it. Like, have that, give yeah. him that moment, especially if it's that guy at your Because everybody has that guy that, like, feel like you're coercing out of his shell little by little. Like, mm -hmm. when they finally break out, don't, like, slap their hand because it doesn't go. Mm hmm. So, that's for another day. Yeah. But, any any last on Chaotic Evil? Is any any DM tips for Chaotic Evil? Uh, usually just have fun with that one. Because, uh, I mean, there is no limits to what that guy will do. And 
guy or girl uh, or thing, whatever it happens to be. Um, um, not gender specific for uh, any reason, but uh, usually you just have fun with them. Um, they usually they will torment the party and at any turn and for no good reason at all. There doesn't have to be a reason. There's no plan. Yeah. As a DM, especially if your party is one of those lost the fear of death, because it's easy to do. Chaotic evil is the guy who will knock you out. You'll be at his feet, unconscious. He's the guy that'll take his axe and swing on you again. Even wake right. the party up. They're there to teach you that you are not the most powerful thing. He, he is 100% the guy that's like, oh, you're down? Quack! Take two death saving throws. And if yeah. the party doesn't get him away from you, he'll swing again. He's, he's looking known, to take you out. Yeah, I mean, I've known DMs that will have like a, a party of almost superheroes and then drag out a big bad guy just to make sure that everybody understands that this is their place and there are more powerful things out there than the party. <clears throat> uh, but, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I couldn't hear through the cough. Was that was that Dr. Diz? I had a cough. I don't know oh. what happened. I'm, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I apologize, I apologize to everybody. <laughs> any any last last words, Mal? Uh no. Just uh, I'm uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking to see. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, uh, these alignments, especially that last one in our campaign. I'm excited to see what what you've got, man. I'm I'm excited to bring some of these alignments out. Our campaign is very. I know the flow of our campaign, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's very open to shift and change. So like. Y'all are y'all are giving me ideas as we do the podcast for things that could come up in the campaign as well now, because I'm not hardboard storylined out. Yeah, you know. So this is it's fun to think about what could be, but also uh, before we leave, for all of those who are listening, anywhere you can listen to podcasts or watching this later on YouTube. As soon as we're done here, do this live Sunday nights, typically around 9.30 Central Time at Mixer.com forward slash It's That Sly Guy. Or, or if there's a co-stream, like there was for episode three, Mixer.com forward slash Alnox, you can catch it either channel. Uh, but we always do something called Tavern Time afterwards this is where you get to pull up a chair if you're in chat get get a little a little l you know maybe something a little harder we just get to talk interact with chat hang out relax uh y'all can ask questions uh so if you're listening to this later on one of the recorded segments come check us out live hang out with us ask us questions uh if you're here live be doing that in just a second, but before we cut the recordings, 
Malnox, one last time. Where can they follow you? Where can they follow you? Mixer.com forward slash Malnox. Malnox everywhere else except Twitter. And no, I don't want to talk about that. Malnox TV on Twitter. <laughs> if you have if you have the tag Malnox on Twitter, <laughs> respond to the DMs I've sent you because it's a lot and you never get back. You are truly the chaotic evil one here, sir. <laughs> also, I've seen the guy who has the tag you post or retweet once a year. Right? You got two followers and you're following 49 people. Come on. Just, just give him the tag, please, the so tag. I can stop hearing about it. That's true. Clan uh, Diesel. Give the tag. The, the guy that sparks a little evil in all of our lives. Where can they follow you? Where can they find you? You can find me everywhere at Clan Diesel, except for Facebook, which is at Clan Diesel Streams. Clan Diesel Stream. One day! Dr. <laughs> um, right now, you can uh, find me on the Nerdicopia Network, uh, streaming a couple times a month, uh, some D&D stuff. So. And I am, of course, it's that Sly Guy. Before we head out, you can find me anywhere at it's that Sly, Sly Guy. Any last-minute announcements? Must be nice. Catch us live the first and third Friday of every month. Uh, for the Rift Seekers campaign, guys, on It's That Sly Guy's channel, streamed on my channel. It'll be streamed at eventually, one point, I'm sure, on Clan Diesel's channel. We'll work on that one. Uh, but catch us, guys, 9.30 p.m. on the first and third Friday of every month, which coincidentally is this coming Friday. And if you're listening to this anytime quickly after the recording, there are not one... But two giveaways going on that you can find on either mine or Malnox's Twitter. One of which is for a D&D starter set with some dice packs for the second and third place winners. So go check it out if you're looking for that. Anyway, wave to the camera. Say bye. You guys can get that giveaway player.gg slash Malnox. Go there now. Go now. Do it. Do it now.